stand with us as we open in worship. Sing about the one, the only, the beautiful one. Sing along with us this morning. Amen, amen. That's awesome. Great job, you guys. Thank you guys for being here this morning. So happy that you're here. My name's Eric. I'm one of the pastors. Welcome to Sunset Hills. Uh, are you excited about Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, right. Now listen, a guy that's from California, um, the San Francisco 49ers is not my team. Um, in fact, when I was a kid, uh, I'm Southern California born and bred down there. So I was a Charger fan. Yes, yes, thank you so much. So JJ just says, go Chargers, but they're not in it. And, uh, and when the one time that they did 
actually go, they actually end up playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And boy, I got made fun of so bad because at that time I did live in Northern California. And those 49er fan people, they're just, they're about as rough as the Tennessee fans that can be out here too. They get into it. Uh, but wherever you guys would be this afternoon, I hope that you'll have a good time with friends and family if you go choose to watch the game and all of that. But I'm so glad that you've joined us this morning. If it happens to be your first time with us, thanks for being here. Uh, you can text to that number right there. Just say hi, and it'll give us a chance to have some conversation with you. You can also go right out in the lobby, and there's this connect table right there. You can come out and see one of us um, and get some information from, uh, from you to allow us to just follow up with you and let you know about our church and our ministries. We're just grateful that you're here this morning. Um, I'm so happy that, uh, that you guys will get a chance to just continue to worship the Lord and worship him the way we just sang that song. It's beautiful. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your soul can really sing. So do me a favor. Let's, before we continue singing, just say hello to some people around you. Just say welcome to Sunset Hills. Glad you're here. Jesus is the rock. 
this nest. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, In his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground. Sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need, you've got this honey. i
time to time I've run across people who enjoy doing something that I used to be uh, that I used to enjoy doing and that's people who love to hike some are casual hikers and some are much more serious and you may be one of those people who loves to be in the outdoors you're tracing up and down a well-worn path surrounded by the views and the sounds of nature you enjoy the opportunity maybe of trudging on a trail for an hour or so. Maybe you've taken a hike that uh, entails precise planning for acquiring supplies over a multi-day uh, night and day excursion. A nice place to go around our area to take a short hike. I say short 
there are trails uh, that are varying lengths that you can do in a half hour or so, or maybe shorter, if you've got longer legs than I do. Uh, or you can go and you can enjoy trails that are as much as five miles long. There's a great place for that called Radnor Lake. Has anyone ever been there? You know where I'm talking about? It's a wonderful place to go and spend an hour or two or a little longer to hike those trails. But also, there's another great trail in the eastern United States that is called the Appalachian Trail. And if you were to hike the AT its entire length, you would have covered 2,190 miles. Has anyone ever done that? in our midst today. You've hiked the entire AT. Well, I see you're not very much of hikers then. <laughs> Actually, who could do that? It is really the world's longest hiking footpath. Hiking the AT, the length of it, if you were to set out on doing that, if you were kind of the average person who would choose to do that, it would take you the equivalent of about six months to go over the AT. Many people actually don't do the entire trail. They, they would choose to do portions of it over a period of time. And I know that there are at least two people who've done that in our midst today, right? Brett and Chandra, my son and my daughter-in-law, they decided to do this. Is anybody else that you've hiked portions of the AT before? There, there's, there's a few. Good, yeah. And, and, and so you can do some incredible things. If you were to um, uh, do that, it would be incredible, the sights that you would see. But here's what I know about trails. Whether you hike a short trail or one that is thousands of miles long, there's a common factor involving the path that you travel. And the factor, the same common factor is that they take you somewhere. When you're on a path, they have a destination. For instance, if you go north on the AT, and you continue to go north, you will eventually end up in uh, Katahdin, Maine. Or if you were to go south from the AT from here, well, when you get to the AT, if you get on that trail, go south, you will end up in Springer Mountain, Georgia. Those are destinations. So whether you choose to take a hike on a path, whenever you choose to do that, you make a decision to go to, in a certain, to a certain direction, a certain place. The path will eventually lead you to a destination. Whatever path I'm on will determine where I end up. While I've never hiked any part of the AT, I have in many times in my life made a choice to walk down a path, what I would call the path, paths of life. Some paths, quite honestly, have taken me to great adventure that I have proven positive for my life. And then there have been some paths that I have chosen that I wish I had never set out to travel. This is true for me, very likely true for every one of us. Paths exist 
in our family life, in our financial life, in our marriage or dating lives, in the way that we raise our kids, the education and career choices that we have made. We have all had multiple paths that very likely that have had profound effects upon our lives. Everybody in agreement on that? You with me? It's true. Sometimes the paths we've taken have been forced on us. But most of the time, the paths that we have chosen to take have been out of free choice. In fact, I would venture to say that practically every path that we've taken in life, we've had a choice of whether or not we took that path. You say, well, some were forced on me, but you still had a choice whether or not you were going to be going in the direction that it seemed life was encouraging you or forcing you to go. You could always choose otherwise. In every aspect of our lives, the choice of paths that we take determines our destination. This is true, as I've said earlier, in our physical life, in our emotional life, and even in our spiritual life. The path you take will determine your destination. So my question to you today is this. Actually, I've got several questions I'm going to ask you, but I'm starting with this one. Are you on the right path? Are you on the right path? Can you look at every aspect of your life? Maybe some of those things that I've already mentioned, but really much broader than that. Can you answer to each one of those things that maybe are clicking through your mind? If they are, are you on the right path? In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus presents to us two paths. Actually, they're called gates, but for purposes of this sermon, they're paths, okay? He, he says he presents the idea of a narrow gate and a wide gate. In fact, to go through the narrow gate and the wide, wide gate, you go a path. One path or choice leads to a narrow gate. And the other path, according to Jesus, leads to a wide gate. Both paths, however, lead to a destination. The narrow path leads to, you know what it is? Life, according to Jesus. Jesus says that few find this one or choose it. The wide gate, according to Jesus, leads to destruction and in that case Jesus says many many more will choose or find this path you want to turn your Bibles you'll find it here where it goes you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow path the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way but the gateway to life that's where he says it He identifies what that gateway, what that path leads to. It's to life. It's very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few find it. 
the narrow gate, as Jesus describes it, that leads to life, he's saying it's not the easiest. It's not the most popular. It's not the most comfortable choice that one makes in life. But it's the path that leads to true life, to eternal life with the Heavenly Father. And I'll add to this, it is the only way that you will reach the Heavenly Father is by choosing the narrow path. The narrow gate represents the paths of righteousness, the path of obedience of God's commands, this path of love and humility and self-sacrifice. It's the path that Jesus himself walked during his time on earth, and it's the path that he calls us to follow. But then on the other hand, there's the wide path. It represents the path of, what is it? Sin of disobedience to God's commands, the path of pride and selfishness and indulgence. It's the path that the world often encourages, promotes, compels us to take. It's a path that seems easy and pleasurable in the short term, but there's a problem with this path. When you choose it, it always ends in destruction. I am grateful for what God included in his word. Examples of people who were real people that lived real lives And in this word, this Bible that he gives us, there are many examples of people who have chosen the wrong path as well as the right path. Let me just give you a few of those that have chosen the wrong path. Um, And oftentimes these were well-intentioned people who were choosing a path that really did not fully understand the consequences of and the end result of where that path was leaving, leading that destination. For instance, very early on, in the very beginning, there was Adam and Eve who certainly chose the wrong path, and their choosing that path led to expulsion from the garden that led to a life of hardship and toil. Sin was introduced into God's perfect world, and and guess what? We've been paying the price ever since. And, And then there's King Saul. He allowed his pride to guide his path. He thought he knew better than God himself. And one of those instances was when he allowed the Amalekites to, to, to survive when God told him not to. So it leads to his own destruction eventually. Then there was even David who made regrettable choices, falling into the trap of lust and adultery. And we all know about the choice, the path that Judas Iscariot chose and the path what it led him to. But there's one story that Solomon wrote about in the Proverbs that I want to highlight today. Now, I encourage you to, to read this story on your own at some. I'm leaving out a few verses because, quite honestly, it's, it's like a, 
a, a PG-13, maybe even an R description of what took place in this young man's life. But I think you'll get the gist of it with the scriptures that I'm using. It's found in Proverbs chapter 7, it's starting with verse 6. It's from a first-person perspective vantage point that Solomon is writing this. And it's like a view he's, of a scene that he's, he's narrating of what's happening outside of his window. And it goes like this. While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain... I saw some naive young man, and one in particular who lacked common sense. Why are you laughing? It is funny, a description. Only problem with it's too common today, is it not? I saw some naive young man. And actually, I could write it. Let's just leave out the young. Because there's a lot of, not naive so much, it's uh, what comes afterwards, who lack common sense. I mean, something's coming, right? You can tell. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was twilight in the evening as a deep darkness fell you get the scene here's this kid he's walking around in the evening it seems like he's kind of aloof and and not particularly aware of the danger that's around him and and, and he's he's about to come to a fork in the road a place where he's going to have to choose between the a path that leads this way and a path that leads this way one takes him to where he's safe one takes him to where he's unsafe and he'll have to make a choice it's quite possible we don't know that he's flirted with these circumstances before maybe he's been on the same journey and he's gotten to that place at the fork where he says oh oh I know what's over here oh it looks exciting but then he starts maybe feeling, oh, I don't need to go there because I've been warned not to go there. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of reading into this. And the reason I read into this is because we all have experience of that, right? But then he's, maybe he walks away and he just starts thinking about it later. And here Solomon is saying, wait a minute. He's making this decision now. He's choosing to place himself in this location that has this potential of harm. And there's a marked contrast between the two paths, the two decisions on which he chooses to experience. And Solomon, in his wisdom, he knows that if he goes down this path, what's in the young man's future if he chooses the wrong path? How does he know this? Because he's a wise man. Very likely, older now, he understood possibly from his own experience of where a wrong path might lead. Maybe not this particular situation, but maybe he understands that when you choose this path, it's going to take you to a place that you really don't know what's going to happen in your life, but it's not good. 
The young man's naive, it says. Maybe he's thinking, well, there's no harm. It's going to be exciting what's going to take place with me tonight. Really what this is, is a description of a night that's going to change his life. Leading somewhere that he shouldn't go. Like all paths do, lead to someplace, in this case, in a place that's harmful. Solomon knows all too well where it's going to lead him. This particular path has a predictable destination, and by choosing this path, this night that he's choosing, it's not going to be some isolated event that's just kind of a a one-and-done situation. It's going to be a decision that's going to affect his life all of his life and everything is going to have come back and be funneled through that filter of what takes place this night profound effects upon his life but really you don't have to be the wisest man in the world to know that you're kind of standing and watching if you were in this situation you could predict the outcome of this encounter with nothing to draw on except your own experience of choosing the wrong path or, or the experience of someone you know. And here's kind of where we kind of get caught in this, is we easily can stand on the sidelines and we can watch as someone is that they're choosing to make decisions that we know are wrong decisions we know where it's going to take them but quite often the problem that we have is when we're the one who's at that fork in the road and and we're trying to decide whether or not going we're going to take this road or this path or this path we get caught up in that and quite often we don't see our own actions and where they're taking them. Makes a point, really. We can save ourselves a lot of grief, a lot of toil and trouble in life, if we will watch and learn from other people. My oldest brother, Rick, Passed away a little over a year ago now. My brother was, well, he would consider himself, he always said, he was the black sheep of the family. Now, I'm not saying anything that anybody that knew Rick, you, you, you have known that in times past. And I, I remember in my 10th grade English class, I walked into Mrs. Gregg's classroom and she was trying to get to know the students and, and she said, um, tell me your name. She, so we were sitting in, in our desk and going down the rows and, and I said, my name is Steve Durham. And she stopped and, and she was one that said, ah, all the time. I mean, I thought it was quite interesting a grammar teacher would, we used to count it, she'd say, ah, oh, sometimes over a hundred times in a class. And so she said, ah, uh, ah, oh, 
Durham. I said, yes, ma'am. Steve Durham. She said, yes. I said, yes. And she said, you have an older brother? I said, yes. Uh, I hope you're nothing like him. I knew exactly what she meant because he had a reputation. And I'll be quite honest with you, I saved myself a lot of trouble in life by watching my older brother make the mistakes he made. We can save ourselves a lot of trouble if we just watch other people. We don't have to make the same mistakes they make. The story continues. The woman approached him. Listen to this description. Seductively dressed and sly of heart. She was brash. She was the brash, rebellious type never content to stay at home. She is often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him. And look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. Actually, she's not fulfilling her vows. But here's something I think is really interesting. You're the one. That should be on a Valentine's Day. This week is Valentine's Day. Should be on a little heart, right? You're the one I was looking for. Came out to find you. And here you are. In the context of this story, if you take it out of context just a bit, it's a really an incredible verse for us today. It's an indication to me of how sin choices are lurking around, looking for opportunity, especially when we take steps too close to the path of harm. Solomon continues to tell the story, verses 16 through 20. You can read more about that. I'll pick it up and cut to the chase in verse 21. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once. And listen to how Solomon describes it. He followed her. Like an ox going to the slaughter, he's like a stag caught in a trap. Like an ox going to the slaughter. Have you ever been driving down the highway and you come up on a, a, a tractor trailer and in that trailer is a, is, a, is a trailer load of animals and you know where they're going? Chickens. I have come up on chickens before. I actually took a video once of this tractor trailer, this trailer stacked high with chickens in these cages. I thought, how terrible it is. Not so much that I want to stop eating fried chicken, but you know. (laughs) But I just couldn't help but think, I wonder if those chickens know where they're headed. 
this kid doesn't seem to know where he's headed. And Solomon's describing it to the slaughterhouse. But he's not quite finished with his description. It's like this stag, a deer, awaiting the arrow that's going to pierce his heart. He's like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him, what? His life. Ox to a slaughter. A deer with an arrow. A bird to a noose. From his vantage point, Solomon knows that this young man was throwing away his future and possibly his life. You ever had someone say to you, how'd that work out for you? You ever heard that? What are they saying when they say that? Well, how's that working for you? How'd that work out for you? It's pretty much said in a cynical way, right? Like, you should have seen that coming. The choices that you made put you in that situation. Now, how's that working for you? Another way of saying it is, you're an idiot. Yeah. At this point in Solomon's narrative, he, 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 he begins to turn a corner and he starts addressing a, a much broader audience. A and he says this, so listen to me. He's talking to a lot of people now. Listen to me, he says, my sons, and pay attention to my words. He's like, when he speaks, he speaks with authority. He speaks with experience. I, can, I, I attended a funeral service on Friday of Tony Allenbaugh's dad. And the pastor got up. I was telling my wife on the way out here, I said, I love to listen to that man speak. He had a, a voice, a, a booming voice, but it was also a voice of authority that you could trust what he said during the funeral service. It was like this incredible amount of wisdom that he was sharing in, in few words and in just the how he went about it, his persona as he did it, and his, his, how he spoke it. They just, I was just, man, don't stop. I loved listening to this guy because I felt like he is, he knows what he's talking about. And I expect this is how it comes across to Solomon as he's speaking to his broader audience. Pay attention. Listen to what I say. And what I'm about to tell you, write it on, the, uh, on your heart. Know in your mind develop this attitude that says don't let your heart stray away toward her don't wander down her wayward path there's our word path it's not a good path to go down and i sense that he's saying us today be careful what path you choose 
Because this path is not just a one-time, let's go experience nature. Wow, isn't it beautiful? It is something that's going to affect the rest of your life. Might even lead to your destruction. Pay attention to it. He goes on to say, for she has been, watch this, the ruin of many. Not just this naive young man, but of many. Many men have been her victims. Solomon, he's saying, what you think, young man, is unique, but it's not. I've witnessed it happen time and time again. And maybe Solomon's kind of like, listen, buddy, I hate to break it to you, but there's nothing unique or special or rare about this. You may have never felt this way before, but a lot of people have. And if they were here to tell you their stories, they would tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. You would think twice about it. You wouldn't follow the crowd. There's nothing new here. And the outcome that you're about to experience, it's all too predictable. It's happened before with her. Now rein it in. Because if you choose this path, it leads to destruction. And he drives it home, he says in verse 27, her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Not a path now, but a road. Other, other versions says a highway. Nothing new about this, nothing unique, just another young man who chose a path that has taken him to precisely where he shouldn't have gone to. And there's this disconnect between what this young man thinks is going to happen and what truly happens. And somehow we, we get that, don't we? I mean, we've seen this over and over. I don't know about you, but I've seen it with people. The choices that they make, they just continue down this path. And you, and, and you know, how's that working out for you? It's not. This young man he wants something. But what he's wanting. It's not something good. Maybe he's out to prove his independence by choosing this well-worn path. But like sin does, it doesn't prove your independence. What it really does, it sucks you in to dependence. Habits. A life that's hard to break. Maybe that wasn't his intent... But there was going to be a difference between intent and reality. Solomon sees this from his window. And just like he's looked at it from 
his window, we have seen it from ours, an imaginary window when we have seen people make these same choices, even when I have made a choice of going down the wrong path. So let's talk about this for a minute. Here's the reality. We all have a propensity for choosing paths that lead us where we do not want to go. So don't sit here judging this naive young man and say, well, that would never be me. It has been us at various times. We may not have been enticed by a young lady or a young man planted along the path to tempt us as this young man had. The destination might look uh, uh, the, the little different as to where we were hanging out, but the intent and the consequences are the same. Maybe, maybe you're flirting with some enticement that is very alluring, looks fun and pretty, and, and you don't think there's any harm. And let me just take a few steps toward it. When I was a kid, there was a preacher that used to go around the country and he had this incredible gift of speaking, very powerful, he had funny stories. His name was Bob Harrington. He was called the chaplain of Bourbon Street. Anybody remember Bob Harrington? Yeah. It's a different era for, I just saw who's old and who's not in this group. <laughs> for years and years, he was a chaplain on Bourbon Street. He would tell these stories about how he was spreading the gospel and did an incredible things on Bourbon Street, sharing the gospel. New Orleans. We, I, I didn't ever get a chance to go there until later on in life, it was in like 1998, I think, first time I ever visited there. And I thought, I'm going to go to Bourbon Street. I'd heard about it all my life, and I'm going to go to Bourbon Street and see for myself. So I started walking down Bourbon Street, I'm not trying to entice you to go. Let me just state it. Don't. <laughs> Don't go. There's nothing there. If the smell doesn't grotesque you out, the sights will. And the deeper you get into it, the worse it gets. I got to where I couldn't stand it anymore, and I started hightailing it out of there because it was no place for me to be. I was walking so fast, I had somebody stop me. I was, I literally, I, I was, I, honestly, I was scared. I'm an adult. I have, I have a wife. I have grown, not grown, I have children. But this, this woman stops me. Turns out she's doing a fundraiser. And she recognizes, I no, <laughs> not that kind just occurred to me what I said. <laughs> now my face is getting really red. 
is a fundraiser that where if they if they if they find people that don't seem to be having fun they write you a ticket there's some teacher down there raising money for her school I thought an odd way to be raising money for a school but she says sir sir stop I need to write you a ticket I said what have I done she says the look on your face it looks like you're not having fun it's a real look it's a true look I wasn't having fun she wrote me a ticket and she got a smile on her face she says it's a fundraiser for a school and we write a ticket you can pay the fine if you want to I'll gladly pay the fine let me get out of here how much is it five dollars I can't have five dollars she said a 20 works I said fine let's go get out of here we should be I'm make it almost sound like I'm got it all together I, I don't I've gotten too close to sin I've chosen to step too close to sin and so have you but here's what I hope that we get out of this story is if you get too close to it it's going to burn you connect them choosing the wrong path in life will cost you precious years nobody wants that nobody wants to wake up in their later years and realize that the path that they took years earlier has cost them so much think about it so I have a couple of questions I want to ask you first one I'm going to refer back to the question I asked you at the beginning are you on the right path but let me change the word there's one word I want to change here I want to just not ask you are you on the right path because in today's time there are people who think well I get to choose what's right and wrong right that's not the question I'm asking you the question I really want to know are you on the righteous path are you on a righteous path morally and relationally with your family and friendships and financially I mean those are huge there are many more that we can ask ourselves that question does my path that I'm on line up with what God expects of his word and you say well I'm not sure well here's the next question I ask you is how do you learn to choose the right path how do you learn to choose the right path and practically speaking there are ways that we can do that let me give you some answers to, the, to that question. First, we discover the right path through the teachings of Jesus. There's a lot of other teachings out there, but Jesus is the ultimate guide and he's the ultimate teacher. 
He has given us his words in the Bible to guide us and to show us the way, and we can model our thoughts and our actions after his example. We can learn about God's character by watching him, about God's love by experiencing, knowing what Jesus experienced. We can learn about his justice. We can learn about his mercy. We can learn about his plan for us by immersing ourselves in the teachings of Jesus. And when we read and study the Bible, we're gaining wisdom from books of the Bible like Proverbs, other places where it says seek wisdom. When you don't know what to do, pray and ask for wisdom. When you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit's there praying for us. We can learn these things about who he is. Jesus told us, no, I'm sorry, the uh, psalmist told us way back in the Old Testament days, he leadeth me in the paths of what? righteousness for his name's sake here's the second thing very practical way of discovering how we can choose the right path we discover the right path through prayer it seems to be a theme that we've already been talking about all almost every sunday of this year about prayer prayer is us talking to God but it's not just us talking to God it's us listening to God it's a direct line of communication with him through prayer we can seek God's guidance we can ask for his wisdom we can ask for strength to stay on the right path and prayer is not just about asking God for things but also hearing him and, and being still in his presence and allowing him to speak into our circumstances here's the third thing we discover the right path through the presence of the Holy Spirit we're not out here all by ourselves just I mean these are very elementary ways to do it but these are ways that he has given to us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit once we accept Christ as our Savior we have him the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in us the Holy Spirit's our helper he's our counselor he's our comforter he's the one that when we learn to recognize his voice we can lean on his presence and we can obey his watch this nudging not force his nudging toward the right path he convicts us of our sins he helps us to understand God's word and he guides us in the way that we should go here's another way that we can figure out the right path we can recognize the right path through the fellowship of believers God didn't create us to walk this path all by ourselves he created us for community for relationship for fellowship with each other and just as Solomon could see ahead for what this young man was headed for the church our church is full of mature experienced believers who have experienced a lot in life who can tell you don't go down that path but it's more than that people who can pray for us when we're on the wrong path and are there to help us stay on the right path what if this guy had, had a friend looking out for him 
What if he'd had a front friend who was just running out and say, don't do that. So life could have been different. Recognizing the right in the road is not always easy. It requires effort and commitment and dependence on God. But I think if you were to ask any of these mature believers in sitting in this room today who own the... They've already journeyed the whole AT in their life, basically. Maybe they've got just a few more miles till they get to the finish line. If you were to ask of all these folks who were at that point in time in their life, was it worth it to be on the righteous path? They will unequivocally say, yes, it was. Yes, it was. One more practical thing. And I'm really speaking to those who are younger now. Students and younger adults and really pretty much any age, but realize that our choices and path can have long-term consequences. And when you're choosing a path to go, keep in mind those long-term consequences or rewards rather than just thinking in the short term. See your life the way that God sees your life by thinking about it like a path, a series of steps, not just a bunch of unrelated events. Think about what's going to happen if I choose this path. Where is it going to take me? Many, many choices we have in this path of life. I'll leave you with this final question. Are you on the righteous, the righteous, the God-pleasing path of life? Would you bow your heads in prayer, please? Well, the world's father is trying to entice us on so many paths that are alluring and they seem to be fun-filled and exciting and No harm, no harm. Yet, Solomon is, is issuing a warning. Jesus issued a warning about the narrow gate or the wide gate. Far too many people, as Jesus has described, are, are choosing the wide gate. Well, Father, Father, I pray right now today people within the sound of my voice, the, the, the calling of your Holy Spirit, that we would choose the narrow gate that Jesus leads us to. And realize all oh, the joy it would bring to our lives by choosing that path. Father, I pray there's one here that may be on the wrong path that they'll realize that 
It's not too late to choose another one, that there is a fork today available, the path of forgiveness, the path of, of relationship, the path of newness of, of life that comes through Jesus Christ as they give their life to Him. But that path will be the path of choice. That path that maybe we have chosen to take that's led us astray, Father, even for the believer that we can choose a different path that brings us back into that right relationship with you. We all have that choice right now today, Father, and I pray that we make the right choice as we find ourselves being obedient to the calling of the Holy Spirit. We need to do some business with you today, Father, in this place, in this altar, let nothing hold us back. We ask these things in Jesus' name. We stand as we sing. Jesus, Cross.
trust you've done that. But let me encourage you to do one more thing. Maybe there was someone who, when I was talking about seeing that person in your mind of that you know is going down the wrong path. Maybe there was someone that popped into your mind that you know they're on the wrong path. Let me encourage you to do this. Very simply, send them a message or a text or call them and say, hey, I have something I want you to listen to. And encourage them to just listen to the message, God's message, that was preached from this pulpit today. And I believe, if they will, that it'll make a difference in their life. Father, I pray it does, not only in someone else's life, but our own life, that if we are on a path that is leading us to a place that we should not be, we know it. And we know what that path is. We don't have to spend much time trying to identify it. I pray this message speaks to us today. And Father, if there's someone that can be guided back toward the righteous path, that we'll have the courage to send it to someone who needs to hear it. And we'll just ask the Holy Spirit to work in their lives to make a difference. Would you do that? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe may be seated, please. Yeah, what, a, what a great service, sermon today. Um, I want to remind our students, student parents, uh, we're going to be... Uh, having our Super Bowl watch party today. We'll be at the Hamiltons here in a little bit. We'll be meeting here at the church at 5 o'clock. And uh, so we encourage you all to come. And moms and dads, if, you, if the students allow, you're welcome to join us too. Uh, and then next week we'll be at Winter Jam next Friday. Uh, it's a, just an exciting time downtown with thousands of people, uh, thousands of, of young people worshiping there at Bridgestone. Bring to your attention real quick, um, and, and this is all in the, the bulletin here, but just want to highlight a couple things. Our birthday bags for Nolensville Food Pantry. Um, this is just something our church is doing. This is a super popular group of items to help folks that are uh, just down and out, just to celebrate just a little bit. So these are some items here we encourage you to uh, um, assemble, help us bring in, and um, our ladies, they're kind of putting them together in a special presentation in a cool way and um, just something neat that we're providing for the food pantry. So I encourage you to do that. Um, our women's Bible study starts um, a little bit later, uh, the 27th of February and the 28th, the word of the Lord and lyrics by life. Two different studies. Uh, one's happening on a Wednesday and one is happening on a Tuesday. Um, both of those are evening studies, but because you all asked for it, um, there's been an afternoon study that's been added to the list. So it's a one o'clock study. Those of you that uh, maybe, um, maybe your eyesight's not what it used to be, that's me. And uh, so you, you maybe want to get out earlier in the day and not drive in the evenings. That one o'clock study is there. It's just been added. If you have any questions, uh, see any of our ladies that are leading that and they'd be glad to give you some information on that. 
Um, there's a, a small cost of $13 that includes your book. And uh, Cheryl Lewis is going to be leading that afternoon study. So see her and she'd be glad. Jennifer Trammell's leading the Tuesday night study. Spiritual gifts, what are they and how to use them? Um, this is something that's really exciting. Uh, we encourage you to sign up for. Pastor Eric's got some information on this. $14, I think, is for that book. And uh, that's something I just believe it's a responsibility as a Christ follower. Everyone needs to know uh, what your spiritual gift is. And I think that will help you in honing that and met, allowing that to be the very best that it can be. Then Friday Friends is going to be meeting this Friday, next Friday, 23rd. Thank you in the back. Uh, but just want to encourage you to make sure that's on your calendar if it's not already. Uh, doing some great things there. So Friday Friends on the 23rd at 11 o'clock. Pastor Steve, I think we're going to talk about... You know what that is? I do. Tell them what that is. That's our, um, our giving portal uh, for um, offering. And uh, we, we thank you. We, we're, um, since COVID... No, I'm oh, oh. holding it for you to do oh, something. you're holding it for me? Yeah. Let me see. I'm, I'm going to give you everything I got in my pocket right now. There you go. Now I want everything you got in your pocket. There you go. What you got in your pocket? <laughs> well, next week. Next week. Do better. Have a Kleenex. Will that work? <laughs> so students, I'll let you know, at the Super Bowl party today, we're having ramen. That was what we were going to, I was going to buy pizza with that. So <laughs> having ramen there. These are located at the back of the sanctuary. Someone asked us last week, where do you, y'all take up an offering? Yes, we do. What church doesn't? They're on each side. There's one on each side back there. You can give this way. You can give through um, our realm uh, online. You can go to our Facebook page and find a place, and our website to find a place where you can give. If you want to tithe and give an offering, this is the way that you can accomplish that. Best your dad, that would have cost him a lot of money this morning. He always carried $100 bills in his pockets. Uh, but we encourage you guys to, um, we appreciate the way you give. And uh, we've, we've, since COVID, we've not had to pass the offering. And, uh, you know, for some people, that's kind of a sticky point. And so we just, uh, just as a whole, decided, man, that's, that's up, up to you and God. And, and uh, you all have all been so faithful, so we appreciate that. Yes, we have. Yep. Let's stand and uh, close in worship this morning. Lord, we thank you for uh, this message, God. Although the details may be different for all of us, uh, Lord, we've all, as Pastor Steve said come too close to sin and lord we just uh, are grateful um god i'm grateful for a pastor that would preach a sermon like this this morning i don't i don't think this was one of those feel-good sermons but god it was uh, something that you laid on his heart and i believe it's something that um, that we needed to hear so uh, god as we go about our way lord we just are grateful that God, that you always give us a fork in the road that at any point in time we can turn from that and begin to follow that path of righteousness. And uh, we just pray that we do that. We love you. And uh, God, in everything that we do this week, we just uh, ask your blessings. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what, we would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. 
Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. Let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.